gang it's your girl jenna and gerard here we are still remote in these covid times but the playoffs are almost here gerard now mm. we are into the single digit yes. of games left to play in the regular season can you believe we're here i mean it's crazy right the regular season sometimes feels like it's so long but then you look up and you're like man even this one i mean everybody's like oh shortened season shortened season i'm like bro it's only 10 games less and it's 10 games less in a much more condensed schedule. So we have basketball damn, I mean, not damn near. Every night there's basketball. There's no, we have no, no days off. The only breaks we got were during All-Star was that week off. Otherwise, there's basketball on every night. And Jenna, and we'll get to this, this is a regular season that's going to come down literally to the last day for not just like a couple teams, for a lot of teams. Here's the thing, Gerard. <laughs> um, we, we have started out, I, I just never thought we would be here, um, where my Lakers are <laughs> in jeopardy of playing in the playing tournament. Can happen. I'm disgusted. It could happen. I'm disgusted. It could happen. And you know what else I'm disgusted over, Gerard, mm. while we're talking about disgust? <laughs> the way you put the show list and the topic, <laughs> the latest. In the LeBron James comments and propaganda, if you listened to last week's episode, you will know what we're talking about. If you didn't, you should definitely go check it out. It's hilarious. Um, I am a LeBron James fan, as you Seven Footers fan know, and the King is in the news. The King is in the news a lot, and mm -hmm. he's giving out a lot of cryptic messaging, and I am not one to... Go against my King. I is, just, is he being cryptic, or is he just being straight up? First, this is what he comes he's out, he's... Yeah, first he comes out and he says, I don't know if I'll ever be 100% in my career. I don't think I will. I don't think it's possible. Okay. All right. Giving us a little dose of, like, sad father time reality, as you put it, that uh, he's undefeated. And then he comes out and all of a sudden has a change of tune and rips the play-in tournament, although he's on record in the past, not being a proponent of it, but not complaining about it whatsoever, and kind of just speaking modestly about it so it's interesting he calls on whoever created it to be fired i mean how would you like to be that person uh going into work the next day i mean he but hey, fired it's fine but you know <laughs> right exactly so now james uh has been irritating the ankle after he returned and he is going to be sitting out back-to-back -back games this week and again no timetable i'm scared what is going on with the lake Oh, and yeah. do we even actually? I'll hold. I'll hold that thought that I was going to say. <laughs> well, let's let's break down these two separate statements, right? First one, LeBron saying whoever made the playing tournament should be fired. Yeah, my guy. When you were the one seed or the two seed, you weren't complaining about the playing tournament, right? Same thing with Mark Cuban and Luka Doncic, right? When you have to play in the playing tournament, you don't like it. When you don't, yeah, what do you care? Because it's not affecting you, right? You get your week off rest and you get to roll. Look. LeBron's just mad because the team is faltering, but don't be mad at, at you know, whoever made this this uh, potential, not potential, made this uh, this change to the schedule up. Be mad at your teammates for not being able to hold the fort down while you were gone, you know? Hey, it is what it is, my friend. This is a competitive league. Everybody's trying to win. This ain't, you know, this isn't like, I know we all think this because every year that he's healthy, he goes to the finals. Yo, my dude, the finals aren't promised to you, my guy. Like, they're just not. Like, and this is competitive. Everybody wants to win, too. So if you guys aren't healthy and you're not on your game, hey, the road to the cha championship is going to be tougher this year. Just is what it is. All right? So that's the playing tournament. Put that aside. Secondly, LeBron saying, I don't know if I'll ever be 100% ever in my career. If I'm not 100%, it don't matter. Folks, we know what this is. This is LeBron James propaganda season. Okay, this is him building the narrative this year, right? Oh, I'm not at 100%. I'm this, I'm that. So that when they get to the postseason, right? And let's say they, you know, they they find a way to repeat and win. LeBron has overcome not being 100% and all the storylines and all the sycophants in the media, our colleagues 
who love fawning over this stuff are going to write all about it. But you guys come to the seven footers because you know one of us loves that. Jenna, the other one gives you the raw truth. Yo, LeBron, I ain't buying none of that crap That's you're selling. <laughs> all right. Ain't nobody want to hear about none of your, well, I'm not, listen, nobody's 100%. Everybody's dealing with injury. Don't want to hear it. Like, it is what it is, my guy. You win. Cool. You won. Ain't no thing. You don't. It is what it is. It happens, right? Like, I just, it's just hilarious to me that every, and listen, kudos to LeBron. He's very good at this, right? Every year it's something. Last year after they won, I want my damn respect. We want our respect. Bro, who doesn't respect you? I don't know what it is you're talking about, okay? But again, this just fuels his annual propaganda tour that he's on, putting all these stories out there, right? Remember when they came back from beating the Warriors down uh, down 3-1? I feel like that's the greatest. I'm, I'm the greatest player of all time after that. It's, listen, it's all these. It's all narrative-based. He's constructing and fine-tuning and sharpening his legacy, right? This is... And look, do you, LeBron, whatever, just know I ain't buying none of that bullshit. No one disrespects you, all right? You are, uh, you know, as I've said a million times on this show, and I will say it again, you are one of only three men who in the history of this game can lay claim to the greatest player of all time. Like, I mean, it's just it's what it is. <laughs> like, it's you, it's Jordan. And who it's, reminds? It's, it's LeBron, it's Jordan. Go and ahead. It's, and I it's, was just going to say, remind us of who they are. It's LeBron, Michael Jordan, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's it. Those are the only three men that can lay any claim to that. I don't want to hear about anybody else who your goat is. That It don't matter. Those three are the dudes. Everybody else, psh, listen, y'all, they are like, think about the club. They are at the most exclusive, exclusive, exclusive part of the club. Everybody else, y'all trying to get out of them outer rooms. It's cool. To even be in the exclusive club, I mean, damn, I ain't, I ain't in there, right? It's even cool just to be in that club. But these, but these three dudes, these are the ones, and LeBron's on that short list. But yeah, this whole, like, you know, I'm not at 100%, blah, 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 and now it's, listen, nobody loves narrative and drama more than LeBron James. That is, he traffics in that stuff, and his fans like you eat that up. But again, I ain't buying it. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, I've been eating good because I'm eating all about <laughs> I am like sitting over here sweating. He's never 100%. Oh, what does he mean? Please, he please. please. None okay, of that. do this to us. None of that foolishness. You know I'm all about this. All about this. And I am like, man. Now, real quick, let's talk about this here because uh, shall we call them the slumping Lakers? Because... Mm-hmm. Now, they did win mm-hmm. on Monday night. However, they're 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. Mm-hmm. And now we have LeBron out again, back-to-backs, like I said, for this week. And they are in the number five seed, were in the number six, tied with the Mavs until they had that win uh, on Monday night. So there is a rather large gap between them and the number four seed Clippers. So now we have Dennis Schroeder out. So... He is in protocol, and you, I texted you, Gerard, when this happened, mm-hmm. um, and I said you called this. Again, shameless plug for last week's episode. Gerard talked about how if these guys are being summoned to protocol for, of course, health reasons, mm-hmm. COVID, absolutely. Mm-hmm. However, if this happens coming in the playoffs, you miss an entire series. I mean, mm-hmm. this is 10 to 14 days. And he reportedly isn't fully vaccinated, so or vaccinated he at would all. have to quarantine. Yeah. And if you're vaccinated, all the league does require you to quarantine for those 10 to 14 days. So I guess that doesn't matter at this point. But now with the loss of him, Dennis, what are, should we be sweating because of that as well? Look. Laker fans, you know, these next two weeks are going to be very um, dramatic for you all. You're going to be ebbing and flowing with every game down the stretch. Because right now, as you said, Jenny, the Lakers are on the fifth spot, right? There is no chance they catch the four seed. The Lakers right now are trying to hold on to five or six so they don't have to play in that playing tournament. Why is that important? So they can get that week off before the actual playoffs begin, right? That's huge for this team right now. Mm-hmm. Now, and... Mm-hmm. There's only a game that separates them from playing in that play-in. They're a game, a game out from being seven, which is where Portland is. And listen, the Warriors—they are only four games back of the Lakers. And with Steph Curry being the human torch right now, that dude just go nuclear the next four or five games. They go four, five, and zero. Oh, Lakers do go two and three. 
Mm, we got some problems. Things are looking real shaky, right? So the Lakers being and have not having Schroeder right now is, is going to hurt them. What the Lakers need to do is what they did Monday night against the Nuggets. Because offensively, and, Andy, and Anthony Davis being back, and he played better Monday night, um, but defensively, this has been the number one defense in the NBA all year. They're going to have to stick to that over these next two weeks, um, you know, and really guard the hell out of everybody they play. And in many ways, Lakers, if you want to avoid the plan, playoffs for you start now. You are already in playoff mode <laughs> without LeBron James. Uh-huh. All right. Every night, you've got to be guarding everybody hard because that's how you're going to win and avoid playing in that in, in that playing uh, tournament. Because I'm telling you, if they get stuck in the playing tournament, anything can happen in the playing tournament, right? They drop the seven. They have to, you know, they lose a game. Well, now they have to win a... It, it's just... They only have to win one if they drop to the seven or eight. But still, man, like, it's... It, it, it's no... It's no slim... It's no, no easy pickings out there. So... Yeah, if I'm a Lakers fan, be concerned. But no, and I was just gonna say, if I'm a Laker, Lakers fan, too, um, be be be, oh, be hopeful or or lean your hat on the fact that you have the number one defense. Like that's what has been your calling card when you won the chip last year. That has been you've been number one all season with people in and out of the lineup. You still maintain the number number one defensive rating in the league. That is where I would hang my hat if I were a Lakers fan right now. Gosh, got to guard people. Mm-hmm. And that playing tournament too, uh, they want to avoid that, of course, obviously, because injuries are stacking up for them. And that is obviously the position you don't want to be in if you want to rest before the post or the postseason. So, again, we'll have to see about that. But really quick before I ask you about another particular Laker um, cause you brought up Steph Curry. Did you see the memes online that were like, it's Steph like laughing and like shaking his shoulders. And it's like, y'all were laughing at me when we were like in the eighth seed, the ninth seed. Like, let's go. Lake, Lake, Lakers and Warriors fans always going to have fun trolling each other back and forth. Right. Like, listen, it, the, the NBA is a fluid situation, right? Like what was once does not always maintain, right? The, Nobody stays on top forever. Everybody's always, every team is one superstar injury away from disaster. Listen, it is what it is, man. Like, and in this season, especially, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Who will have nine people able to stand upright come July, right? Which team will have nine dudes that can stand straight come July? That's the team that you need to be looking at is, okay, these are, these are the guys. Who can have health luck and be relatively healthy? Because again, no one's 100%. Which team can be the most healthy as we move along? That's who's going to win this thing, man. It is what it is. Heck yeah. And uh, a lot of role players are going to need to step up with James out of the lineup, Shooter out of the lineup, and hopefully no one else, fingers crossed. But role players, okay. Andre Drummond, as long as he doesn't break any other toenails or nothing else pops off down there in the shoes. He should be good to go. So what is your evaluation of him and what pivotal role does he need to play, especially now? Because like we said, the postseason really for the Lakers starts now. They need to go into automatic grind mode. Defense, rebound, and clean up around uh, around misses on the offensive end and putbacks for dunks. That is your job, my friend. Now, the challenge with Drummond is, is that, and we saw this in the game Monday night against the Nuggets. Drummond is not a floor spacer as a center, right? So when he plays with Anthony Davis, that clogs the lane up, right? And doesn't allow for good spacing, which makes the Lakers easier to defend. You put Marc Gasol out there, we can shoot threes. All of a sudden, that brings that brings the opposing big man away from the basket. That allows Anthony Davis the opportunity to operate and do his thing, right? And look, for the Lakers to win, Anthony Davis is going to have to be excellent on both ends of the floor like he was during last season's run. And, you know, he's working his rust, the rust back off after missing all those games. Mm-hmm. And with Andre Drummond, you just need time. But, you know, and we'll talk about this when we get to this team. It's like the Nets. Yeah, everyone needs time to work together. But time is not something you have the luxury of right now. We got eight, nine games to go. And if you if you don't have to play in, which the Nets obviously don't, they'll be, they'll be a t- one of the top seeds. Mm-hmm. You got that week off to practice and work on stuff together. That's it, man. That's just what it is. And you got to mm-hmm. roll with what you got heading into the postseason. Yeah, and speaking of the postseason playing tournament, before we get into that, 
I can't believe you didn't know this was coming. Mm. Jamal Murray. Oh, Lord. I just, I can't. <laughs> I can't. You are such a sucker for these silly-ass stories. Yes, folks, if you weren't watching, Jamal Murray, who um, had ACL surgery in L.A., uh, which is where the Nuggets were playing Monday night against the Lakers, he came by to see his team in the hotel, and he sat on the bench during the game. He came out with his one crutch limping around. I'm sure Jenna's getting all the feels, all that. Yeah, okay, great. I, I mean, was. I was. I was. I mean, I was. I, oh all, my all, all, all jokes aside, I'm sure it, it it was nice for the guys to see Jamal and for Jamal to be around the guys again. But you know, the the well, the, the, yeah. the, 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 the yeah. nuggets the nuggets are rolling. You know, so Monday's and Monday night's loss notwithstanding. The thing with I got so emotional, obviously, because that's me. But it was nice to see because if you think about it, Gerard, on a real note, for real, guys who go through these types of injuries, the ACLs. Anything of that kind of nature that is dreadful like that, um, they don't they don't come around. They don't come yeah, around. Yeah. They're rehabbing immediately. They are in their in their zone, um, and that's just something that the guys do. But and I get it. He was in L.A. They played L.A., but still, it was nice to see. But <laughs> you know, I shed a few tears over that. Jamal Murray, um, we love you. Wishing you a speedy recovery, my friend. But. Um, Let's move on here. Let's talk about the playing tournament for real, because like we have been preaching, the East is not as deep as the West, but it is damn competitive. So let's start there really quick. I'm going to break this down for you for two seconds now, because this playing tournament can get tricky. A lot of people don't know what the hell is going on. So the basically, in a nutshell, the seventh and eighth seeds will face off as the nine and ten seeds in each conference will face off as well the winner of the 7-8 game will advance to the first round and the loser will play the winner of the 9-10 and 10 game this is all going to determine who makes the postseason of course and they have of course two shots at it but it's in such a crunched time it, it only lasts two days this little tournament mm -hmm. and then the postseason begins literally right after it so it is crucial for teams to escape this play-in tournament because they don't get any rest if they have to play in it. So that's that. Again, health is a key factor this season and in this postseason, it's going to determine so much. So let's talk about the East now, Gerard, because again, he wonderfully broke it down for you girl over here. So I don't have to look at these numbers because y'all know I don't do the math. I hate it. It really hurt me to explain that just now. I hope it was right, Gerard. Um, All good. But let's talk about the Celtics. Because Celtics are on fire. Scary collision the other night between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but they should be on the mend. Uh, Brown has a light ankle sprain, I believe, after that collision. But we should be uh, good in Boston to roll. And we have the Hornets contending, the Pacers, the Wizards. Mm -hmm. Wow, I can't believe it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's talk about it. Because the margins, as Gerard likes to say, are extremely thin. Yeah. I love when I get to use one of yours. No doubt. So hit me. Let's go. So let's look, go Celtics, baby. Look, looking at the East right now, right? The Celtics are in the seventh spot right now, as of today of this recording. Hornets are eighth; they're two and a half games back of the Celtics. Wizards are ninth. I'm sorry, the Pacers are ninth; they are three and a half games back of the Celtics, and the Wizards are four games back, and they're in tenth. Right? Okay. As Jenna said, if if it were to end today, here's how it would work: the Celtics and the Hornets would play. The winner of that is the seven seed, right? So they would end up playing the Brooklyn Nets, right? Because the Brooklyn Nets are currently two seed. The loser of that 7-8 matchup would play the winner of the 9-10. 9-10 is the Pacers and Wizards. Whoever that happens to be, the winner of that game then moves into the 8th seed. This is all so fascinating, Jenna, because it literally is all up for grabs right now. Miami is only, they're the 6th seed right now, so they're currently out of the play-in. But they're only a game ahead of the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics didn't catch them. It's only a game. And by the way, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, not playing tonight. So... The Heat could lose tonight, and they lose. Guess what? They're in a tie with the Celtics now for 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 six. I mean, this is the level of intrigue we're going to have going down to every game at the end of the season. And you know, it, it it's it's just so fascinating. But Indiana right now, you know, it, they're struggling. Uh, the four and six in their last ten. It's 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 been a rough time for them. And you know, if you're the Brooklyn Nets and you're currently in the two seed. I mean, honestly, none of these teams at the bottom in the play-in scare you. I mean, Boston, just because they have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, can make a series interesting. And we'll get to the Wizards mm -hmm. in a minute. Just because anytime you got two guys that are, you know, all-star to all-NBA caliber, 
they could be the best players on the floor on any given night and cause problems. Now, of course, Brooklyn, you know, all things being equal, if they are healthy or as healthy as they can be, they're rolling into every series with most likely the three best players in every series they play, right? So it it it, it so none of those teams I think will scare Brooklyn or Philly for that matter, but it may make your first round just more difficult than it has to be. Um, the people who who seem to be pretty and look, not even the Hawks, the Hawks are in fifth right now. They're only a game and a half up on the Celtics who are in seventh. So again, folks, Isn't like this crazy. It, nobody, the only people in the Eastern Conference who are safe, who have nothing to worry about as it relates to the playing tournament, are the Sixers, Nets, and Bucks. They are clearly far ahead of everybody else and will not fall into that. But the rest of those teams, even the Knicks, as well as the Knicks are playing, hottest team in the league right now, nine and one. They're only three games up on the Celtics. I mean, right? So anything can happen. You you, you can move around in there. So I, I just think it's fascinating. And for the casual fan, Jenna, I think I think this gives the regular season some cachet at the end, right? Normally, the last two weeks, everybody's sitting around going, oh, can we just end this regular season and start the playoffs? Well, now it's like, no, nah, these games matter. Mm-hmm. You lose two in a row, shit, we're going to be in that plane. Or maybe we win two in a row, ooh, we moved ourselves out of the plane. I mean, oh, it's going to be jockeying for positioning and seeding because, look, seeding is going to matter. And, look, I think ultimately in the East – it's it's only the top three teams. Those are the only teams that realistically have a viable shot to get out. But I'll tell you what, none of those top right. seeds want to see the Celtics in round one or the Heat in round one or the Washington Wizards in round one. As terrible as the Wizards have, have played all season, man, they have been on a roll lately, Jenna. And I mean, eight and two in their last 10. Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook have been lighting things up. We'll talk about Russ in a minute. Yo, I mean, again, I don't think they're going to beat any of the top teams, but Brad and Russ can easily be the best players on the floor in any series for a night or two. That's two wins. Well, now you're playing six games instead of a sweep, right? And what that means is as a top seed, you're working extra hard when you don't, when you shouldn't have to in the first round. What does that mean? That takes energy out of Mm -hmm. you for the next round when you have to play tougher competition, right? And does that cumulatively add up and make you lesser come the Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals? So this is this is all fascinating. It really is. The East, this is what makes the East fun. Although we have those top three teams that it's likely going to come down to, of course. The competition underneath that is so thin. And even if the end result isn't something insane for these teams. Seeing these teams compete, especially like you just said, you don't want to face Miami in the postseason. Any other time, but not the postseason. And like teams like the Wizards, the Knicks surprising us. I mean, especially the Wizards. I mean, we would be robbing the people if we did not mention Russell Westbrook and Mm. his 21 boards, 21 assists game versus the Pacers the other night, securing another triple-double average, of course, for the fourth time in his career. And listen to this. You know I love a good statistic. He has 178 triple-doubles, three short of Oscar Robertson in his career record with seven games remaining in the season for Washington. And he notches these triple-doubles by the third quarter in most of the games. That is out of control. And the fact that we do this all the time, we do it with Steph Curry, we do it with other people, I'm not going to get into the topic of greatness, but this is something to talk about. Although the Wizards are arguably to others, a dumpster fire, who are just on a great roll right now, they're making the season count. Yeah, I mean. The backcourt in Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal alone is the star power, the the greatness of that in itself. And it just happens to be on a team that is lacking so much, which that's another whole podcast for another day. But yes, Russ had to give you your flowers there, my guy. And that is no doubt. You know, I will add this and everyone who listens to this podcast or any of my other works work knows like I am a Westbrook critic, right? I am often critical of Russ's game. Um, but I explained last week and I'll explain it again this week. My critique of his game is because when we're talking about players of his caliber, uh, nine time all NBA, former league MVP, when you are deciphering greatness among that 
caliber of player. He ain't some regular run-of-the-mill all-star or some above-average NBA starter, right? He, based on the accolades he's earned in his career, is an all-time great. So the critique of all-time greats, right, is at a different level than it is of just your regular player. I will say, all the triple-doubles that he has, and you mentioned that the stat number, 170-something, his teams overwhelmingly in the regular season win the majority of those games, right? They win something like 70 to 80% of those games. So the idea that the triple... Maybe it's 75 or something. Mm-hmm, the triple-doubles mm-hmm. that don't lead to wins is actually a false narrative. That's not actually true, right? Because they win a ton of regular season games. And... Russ, as he said multiple times, no one does what I do. And it's true. The fact that four out of five was last five seasons, this dude has averaged a triple-double. That is insane. I mean, the level of energy you have to have to do that to grab rebounds, right, uh, as a guard, right, and attack the way he does. It, 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 it is something to marvel and behold. I mean, this is clearly a sure ballot, surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, like all the things. Like he is all of those things. Um, and he should be celebrated for that. I think, you know, again, when you, when you're getting into the nitpicking and critiquing stage, right, where you critique him is okay. Those things are all well and good, but you know, how do, and it's, I've said it before, championships and all that stuff. That's, it's hard to win those. Um, how do you construct a roster around him where you're able to capitalize on those talents, right? On that relentlessness, because arguably not since he was on a team with, Kevin Durant and James Harden, has he been on a team where he can utilize his what he does so well to help lead, win and lead to a championship? I mean, those kids were 23 when they went to the finals against the Heat in 2013 or 12, whatever year that was, right? So, I mean, they were young, but they and everybody thought, man, they're going to be going back forever. They never made it back again as, as a group, right? And it's because, again, hard to win in this league, all that. But that's the kind of team you need around him, right? Other awesome elite shooters, because that's the part where Russ still struggles, right? Like in the postseason, teams know, okay, he's going to grab his monster numbers. We really can't stop him doing anything, anything to stop that. But if we kind of wall off like they do with Giannis and don't let him get to the rim, force him into pull-up jumpers and threes, we like our odds, right? That means we'll win. That, so- that shot selection is often poor, right? The Warriors said it multiple times. I mean, when they play him and teams just know that's that's the way that, that, that you beat that you beat Westbrook. But again, that's something different. That's 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 a different part of his game. But what he's done from uh, just his sheer heart energy and how he approaches and plays the game, I mean, you can never say anything wrong about this man. And he's a hell of a player. And Russ has just been phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. Um, so phenomenal that after the game, Wizards coach Scott Brooks said he's the third best point guard of all time. I mean, look, I mean, you know, we, we can get into debates about who's better, who's what, who's this, who's that. I mean, again, as I said, Russ, surefire, first ballot Hall of Famer, um, one of the great point guards of this generation. I mean, we've had a hell of a lot of great point guards this, this era. Um, and he's, I mean, Russ is, Russ is singular in that way it, he's able to attack the game with such force. Um, and it's, it's really, it's truly a sight to behold. Heck yeah, it is. All right, let's move over to the West because it is Deep as hell in the West. Obviously, we keep repeating that on this podcast. But the seating there for 7 to 10 is Blazers, Warriors, Grizzlies, Spurs. I mean, right out of that lineup, I'm obviously picking the Warriors because of how (laughs) Steph Curry has been playing. But this could be a tight race as well because all of these teams are grinders. They really, yeah. truly are. They're fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, the, the West is stacked, right? Blazers in seven, Warriors eight, Grizzlies nine, Spurs 10, right? And, you know, it, it, the way it stands right now, the Blazers are are a half game, only a half game behind the Mavericks, uh, who are the sixth seed. And the Warriors, you know, the Warriors right now, they're about three games behind uh, Portland um, and Portland's in seven. So can the Warriors catch up to Dallas and get into the play-in, get into the regular playoffs and not worry about the play-in? Not likely. Portland has a shot, though, to avoid the play-in. And this is what that Laker conversation we talked about earlier because the Lakers do play Portland later this week, right? And this, this is a big week for a lot of teams. You go, again, you go on a run, you can kind of give yourself a little breathing room and distance to cement yourself into that top six so you don't have to play that play-in. So you get that all-important week of rest, which is going to be so key for these teams. I mean, but yeah, Steph Curry, I mean, look, let's say that 
everything stays where it is right now. Seven, eight, you know, no matter who the seven is, let's say it's the Lakers. Do the Lakers want to see Steph Curry in what is essentially for them, it'll be double elimination? Because listen, let's say the Lakers lose that game because Steph just goes bonkers because they can't stop him. All right, well, the Warriors are now in. The Lakers now have to win another game against Memphis or San Antonio, which, okay, you're like, ah, they can beat those teams, but it's making the road harder than it has to be. Now, Lakers are playing late into this play-in tournament, and they have to turn around in probably, you know, 24, 48 hours and start the playoffs. Again, with questionable health with LeBron, Dennis Schroeder, like, you know, it, it's it's a lot to ask. And it, this week, especially with LeBron not playing any of these, any of these games this week, it's going to be incumbent on the Lakers to do what they got to do. And look, Portland, Portland's got their work cut out for them as well. Uh, the Warriors are kind of feeling pretty good right now, 6-4 and four in their last 10. Of that group in the bottom, they're playing the best right now. Uh, Memphis has been faltering a little bit. San Antonio has been about 500. Listen, this is it's this is what Adam Silver hoped when he initiated the play-in tournament was that it would make the last couple weeks of the regular season interesting. And Jenna, it's beyond interesting. I mean, there's so, we have so many because seating hasn't been decided yet, and it, it, you know, and we'll get to this when we talk about the top half of the conference. The the placings haven't haven't been decided there either, right? You know, how are you playing to avoid this team and avoid that team? Look, in the West, you can't avoid anybody. If you're getting out of the Western Conference, you're going to have to beat three really good teams to get out and get to the finals. You're just going to have to. That's just how it's going to be. It is It is going to be a fun and anxiety-filled ride, Gerard. <laughs> that is all I can say. I mean, the sweat is going to be real. The tears are going to be real. Yeah, these, these guys are sweating for sure. Say, yeah, yeah. A lot of them are sweating over here on these streets. But, hey, it is what it is. That's why you're on the highest stage. So let's shift gears a little bit and turn it around a little bit. Let's go to the top, mm-hmm. starting with the Eastern Conference again. Now, it the Nets were... Number one in the East at one point when they were healthy enough. Now they can't even get their big three, for lack of better words, on the floor together. We have Harden, who suffered that setback um, with the hamstring that was supposed to sideline him for 10 days. Now Nash says he might not be ready for the start of the playoffs. So they are what, two games behind? One game, one game behind. 76ers? One game behind. But but that's essentially two because Philly has a tiebreaker. So yes. Two, like, in reality because of the tiebreaker, but one in the standings. Right, right. And, again, can't get the Nets fully healthy. Giannis just returned from a little ankle injury there. And we still have the 76ers up in the top there, taking the number one seed so far. But that can change in the blink of an eye. Hit me. What's happening? Because we do have the night that we're recording this and the Bucks face off. So that could change and shuffle things up, too. No doubt. So I think Philly right now is the inside track to keep that number one seed because the rest of their schedule is pretty easy. I mean, they're playing Houston, Orlando twice, like Cleveland. They're playing the dregs of the NBA. Teams that have no, that are not playing for anything. They're not playing for playing. They're not playing for playoff. They're playing some pretty bad teams. Whereas the Nets, the Nets have good teams left on their schedule. They have, as you mentioned, game two against Milwaukee tonight. They have the Denver Nuggets and Dallas Mavericks later this week, right? I mean, all teams vying for the playoffs, right? And or and seeding within the playoffs, right? So this is not going to be an easy road for Brooklyn to get that one seed. What I think is so I think Philly's got the got the inside track on locking that one seed. For Brooklyn, here's what's important. You could argue all season long they've had adversity because of the injuries and like people being out of the lineup, but they've kind of managed to still be at the top of the conference. I think tonight's game against Milwaukee will be really telling. And what I mean by that is, if they lose this game, that'll be now three games in a row they've lost, right? First time they've done that in quite some... I don't think... It's either the first time they've done it in a long since time... February. Or first time since February, right? Since a, February. A long time for them to mm-hmm. lose three in a row as they head towards the postseason. And you know what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. In the, this, uh, this pressure cooker that is a New York media, that New York market that we live in, the headlines... All the morning shows, they're going to be going nuts. Oh, we got, we told you this team couldn't handle it. Bob, all the noise is going to start. And we know Brooklyn, in particular, Kevin Durant, is one who listens and reads and hears all that stuff, right? What is the conversation going to be like, 
right? They lose three in a row. What's that chemistry going to be? These are the questions that people are going to start poking and asking. So tonight's game is so critical, right? Because not because, you know, it, 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 they, they, that, if they lose it, oh, they're done. They're not going to do anything. It's just more about if they do lose, how do they handle it? How do they respond as a team mm-hmm. when they've got the Mavericks on Thursday night and then the Nuggets uh, on Saturday, right? How do they respond to that? I think that will be so, so telling for this team. And it will also be telling if the Nets come out tonight and win. And then you're like, oh, well, see, when, when this team when this team's playing, you're like, oh, they're, they're pretty good, right? They, 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 they know what yeah. they're doing. So I think this is a, this is a very interesting uh, little stretch for this team right now. Steve Nash and, and that Brooklyn squad is really going to see in, in, a, in a mini way this week what this team is really about and what they're made of and how committed they are to this thing. I guess this week will be telling for them. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that loss to the Bucks, uh the other night was a tough one for them. So, Which, by the way, I mean, they, we'll didn't, they, 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 didn't, they didn't play well and they were a Kevin Durant three from pushing it to overtime. I mean, that, that, that's that's also the other side of this, right? So if you're the Nets, you're like, man, we really didn't play that well and we still really could have won that game or forced it to the overtime. So it's 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 they, they're a team that operates with a very different margin than a lot of other teams, but, you know, they don't want to take that for granted. No, definitely not. And also what we don't want to take for granted is the benefit of when James Harden is on the floor. When he is on the floor, the percentages for this team are drastically different. So before we go and write the Nets off, if he returns, we could see a huge shift and a gap happening for the Nets in a good way. So well, yeah, I mean, we shall see. Yeah, you're returning another all-NBA player, right? So, so now, now you have three all-NBA dudes. It's like, all right, we're, we're pretty good now, right? And then James can be, right, the lead guard, getting everybody else involved. Kyrie can move to the off-ball and just do his Kyrie things. And, you know, Kevin Durant, the mm-hmm. most malleable superstar in the history of the NBA. It doesn't matter what system or what superstars or who you put next to him. The dude just gets buckets. Like that he's like, all right, I'm gonna just score forty tonight. That's that's just what I do. Right? Like that it does it doesn't really matter who he plays with. He just does what he does. <laughs> right? So I think that's it, it, it'll 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 all be interesting to see how, how that plays out. But yes, James Harden, when he if he's back, this this is why everyone thinks they can win a championship because you have those three and we know how the playoffs work, Jenna. They come down to when teams know all your sets and they know how to disrupt you and go to your third and fourth option, when you need someone who can just create and get that bucket and shoot it in the mid-range because your threes aren't open and the paint's walled off, they have, what, two, three of the best mid-range shooters in the history of the NBA on their team? I mean, that's kind of nice. You know, That's a nice win for them. Jeez, jeez, jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> we got to go to the West before I start sweating over here. Let's talk about the West now. Who is going to be the number one seed? Why are we not talking about the Jazz? Why are we not talking about the Suns? And we're only focused on the Clippers and the Lakers. We're not even talking about the Nuggets. However, the first three top-seeded teams are the teams I just named, Jazz, Suns, Nuggets. So what is the deal here, Gerard? Are are the Jazz going to hold on to the number one seed or are the Suns, the red hot Suns, going to come and sweep it from underneath them? You know what might be interesting, Jenna? The Phoenix Suns might mess around and end up getting that one seed. They're only a half game back at Utah right now. And I believe they have the tiebreaker in the season series. Utah, as we know, dealing with injuries, right? Donovan Mitchell's still out. Uh, Mike Conley's been sort of in and out of the lineup. Phoenix is just kind of cruising along. Mm-hmm. The point guard, Devin Booker, my, uh, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, right? Everybody's kind of just like... And Jay Crowder isn't even back yet, and he's going to be such a big piece for them come the postseason. Listen, Phoenix could sneak right in there, grab that one seed home court throughout. That's a beautiful thing. Um, And right now, it's going to come down to those two teams, right? Denver's four games back of Utah and three and a half behind Phoenix. I don't know that Denver will catch them. Um, Look, they could. Anything's possible. But that's going to require, you know, Phoenix and Utah above them to lose. I think think really – the one seed is there for Phoenix for Phoenix to take it. And I think just with the way the schedule is left, I think they could do it. Look, can Denver, look at Denver's remaining schedule. They got the Knicks. They got Utah, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Minnesota, Detroit, Portland. Okay. So the Knicks, Knicks game, going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Utah, going to be tough. 
Brooklyn going to be tough. So they got three tough games, right? Yeah. Charlotte's still going to be fighting for something because they're trying to figure out their, their situation in the play-in tournament. Minnesota, well, we know what they are. Detroit, we know what they are. But then they end the season <laughs> with Portland. That game might matter for Portland. Portland might need to win that to jump into the sixth seed. Or who knows? So of the remaining one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, five of them are going to be against teams that are playing for something. That's tough. That is real tough. And, you know, I just don't know. And it's going to be a lot. And by the way, kudos to Denver playing so well uh, without Jamal Murray. We mentioned uh, nine and two, I want to say, in their last 11 games. I mean, they're they're really, really playing some good ball. Michael Porter Jr. is he's playing like he's a number two option in this league. You know, you know, we love Michael Porter Jr. here. Um, he's so talented. I mean, he's just and actually a little tease of some work I'm going to do. Next week's uh, True TV video might have something to do with uh, Michael Porter Jr., so stay tuned for that. But, you know, it, it, I, I think it's the Phoenix Suns. I think Phoenix, Phoenix it, they, they kind of have the track right now, although Utah's schedule is a little bit easier. Chris Paul, man, that dude, like, he not Chris is. Like, Chris is the quintessential, like, you know when you were little and you were playing ball, like, and there would be the one kid who was, like, uber competitive and – when the game wasn't going his way, he was just like, well, it's his ball. He's taking his ball and going home. Like, that, like that's Chris. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that is, that is Chris Ball. And I just, uh, the, the Suns remaining games, Cleveland, Atlanta, New York, Lakers, Warriors, Portland, San Antonio, San Antonio. So for Phoenix, they don't have an easy road coming down, right? Cleveland, okay, that's a nice one. They, they, they could win that. Atlanta's playing for something. Knicks playing for something. Lakers definitely playing for something. Warriors, Blazers, and the Spurs twice. So, you know, Utah would seemingly have the inside track because of their schedule, but mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell's not healthy. So we'll see what that looks like. That's what makes me that's what makes me nervous. Donovan Mitchell needs to come back too, because you know how I feel about D Mitch. Like, come on now. Like I can't take all this. I can't. I can't do it. Like I just knock it off, guys. Knock it off. <laughs> knock damn it. Off. <laughs> um speaking of Chris Paul really quick. Mm. Literally, knock it off. These um speaking of Chris Paul really quick, I um read an interesting article uh i don't know if you saw this by the athletic that they reported that the sixers before mm-hmm. he went to the suns the mm-hmm. sixers had really made a play at him no and thought that like they they had it in the bag and he apparently was not interested whatsoever and again went to the suns i just think it's so funny to think about like what if could you imagine the 76ers are already number one in the eastern conference what would they if do if the they had chris paul mm. you know it's interesting right Come because the, the idea there would be they likely would have given up ben simmons right in order to that that's how that trade would have worked mm-hmm. um so but you're but, not thinking about the future, in my opinion. Well, there's, you're not thinking about the future, number up. one. Number two, Chris also didn't want to be too far away from his family, who lives in L.A. still. Well, you ain't getting much further yeah. away from L.A. than Philly, right? That's the other side of the country. So that was a big a big play in it, right? Um, but, yeah, it would have been interesting to see a Joel Embiid, Chris Paul, Tobias Harris, you know, Seth Curry, Danny Green uh, team, right, as opposed to Ben Simmons, right? Because you're gaining and losing, obviously, Simmons' versatility and size, switching one through five, that would hurt you some defensively, though Chris Paul is no slouch defensively. But on the offensive end, your offense would be considerably better because Chris is not Chris is a plus offensive player, right? He's someone who can create his own shot, hit the mid-range, which is what you need to do in the postseason, right? Like, and we know we've talked about Ben's issues ad nauseum here. So uh, it, it would have been interesting. Look, right now, Jenna, as it relates to the playoffs, if you're looking at matchups and what these teams don't want, if we go back to the East really quick, Miami's sitting in that sixth spot. If Milwaukee stays in three, Milwaukee wants no part of Miami in round one. I mean, we saw what happened last year, right? Like Milwaukee. Now, Milwaukee is better this oh year my for God. sure. And no. Miami has been sort of teetering. But the way Miami plays is going to make it more difficult than it needs to be. If you're Brooklyn, do you want to see the Washington Wizards in round one? Probably not. The whole Russ KD uh-uh. thing and Bradley. and It's just mm, that's, that's not the first round matchup you want to see. I'm... And I'm gonna just say, you don't want to get embarrassed by the Wizards. Mm, you certainly don't. At all. You yeah. certainly don't. I mean, look what happened to the Clippers. Mm-hmm. 
Not so, having to do with the Wizards, but y'all know what happened to the Clippers. <laughs> and if the, if, if the Warriors find their way in that eight seed and you're the Jazz and you're the one seed or you're Phoenix, it's like, okay, the rest of that team's not great, but damn, Steph Curry, that dude could just go nuclear and he could win games by himself, which he which he essentially does. It, it's just, you know, so there, there are matchups. And then, of course, everyone's doing the whole thing. You want to avoid the Lakers in round one. You want to avoid the Lakers in round one. Maybe, maybe not, right? Like, again, this team, yes, when the caveat for everybody is when healthy. Well, no one's healthy right now, so we have no idea what this looks like. But we might be on destined for Jedi in round one. A Lakers Clippers showdown in round one is on the table. That could be, whoo! You know, we wanted it in the conference finals last year. This year, we might get it in round God, one. Please. Battle for LA. Exactly. This is what we're waiting for. Adam Silver, make it happen, damn it. <laughs> Battle, make it happen. Battle for LA could be interesting. Yeah, it's it, it's a wild finish to this to the end of this regular season. Very wild. Oh my god, you gotta love it. Wanna talk about wild here. Let's talk about uh, a few quick hits here because you know you girls got the latest tea on uh, Kendall Jenner and Devin Booker. <laughs> I mean, man, he's chasing that number one seed, but he's got the number one gal in NYC. That's it. That's it. They've been running around NYC like crazy. Let me tell you, in one day, they had, they hit up two Italian spots. Two? Two wow. Italian spots. Yeah. Bar Pity. Okay. Really popular That's in New York very, City. It's very nice. Stars. Mm-hmm. As is Carbone, yes. where they went out to mm-hmm. dinner and she of wore oh, an incredible camel leather outfit <laughs> while they held hands on the streets of New York City. Reports say she's never been happier. I mean, and he's chasing the number one seed. Shame you, Kardashian Curse. Shame you. Um, I mean, she is a fashion. Okay. She is a model. But I, will, I mean, not all models like dress well when they go out. Like Kendall dresses really well when she like she like you know what I mean. Like I don't think I've ever seen her in a bad outfit. Like she's. I'm like all right. Like homegirls always. I'm like, mm, yep. Yeah, I see you. I see you. You. Do you want to know what I think about though? Okay, what? so really quick before we. Talk about other people in the league. I think about this on a daily basis. Like, so the Suns were in town this week and, you know, they were all around New York City because they were, you know, playing the New York teams, whatever. And we've seen her and Devin Booker out on a number of occasions, of course. Like I just said, they hit up two Italian restaurants in Mm -hmm. one day. I mean, Jesus, (laughs) how do you have the time not to mention traveling in New York City? I mean, (laughs) and they're taking car service. So like that must have been a long time. Where I'm getting at with this story is, does Devin Booker stay at the team hotel when he is here? Or does he go to Kendall Jenner's apartment loft, wherever it is, that's a billion gajillion dollars in the city? Now, I just ask that because I'm sorry. I know you're the star of the team, but you want to hang out with your model girlfriend while we're on a road trip? Like, (laughs) not that I'm trying to start the pop, but I'm just saying. Like, I wonder. Well, I I think based on league protocol rules... I don't think he's allowed to stay outside of the team hotel overnight, right? Like, so I'm sure he, you know, this is a PG show. I'm sure they get it in (laughs) when they can, but I don't think he sleeps at her apartment based on just the NBA protocol rules. I think he has to be like back in his, in the hotel. I wonder what also like the hours are, if there are any hours. Like what if he's having like a late night at Kendall's and like <laughs> they're having like Netflix and chill and they're watching a really good murder documentary and they have to watch it and he's there until like 5 a.m. If he gets back by 6, does that still count? This is the shit that goes on in my head. I wish I wasn't like this. Shouts to, shouts to booking, I don't booking like this, Kendall. Young, young kids in love. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Two very great-looking, stylish kids in the most all-due respect. But, I mean, their magazine covers, I mean, hers anyway. Mm-hmm. She's actually got new ones on uh, Vogue. Yeah, Check them out. I saw. I'm Br- sure British, British Vogue, so, yeah? Yeah, that's British Vogue. Gotta love it, KJ. Looking great. Um, moving on, because we got to talk about New York teams again. Because, you know what, if there's one, no, two great things that's coming out of the rivalry that is the Subway Series of New York, uh, the Nets and Knicks, of course, is the fact that, number one, we're getting great Knicks basketball, which is always great, as LeBron James said, because it's the Mecca, it's New York. But also, the trolling is at an all-time high. (laughs) The Knicks are making the cover of the shout-out New York Post, the Daily News, all the New York newspapers and, and press is going wild. It's a field day. And then, all of a sudden, the Nets, their big three ends up on the cover of the New Yorker. Mm -hmm. And... 
James Harden shares it on Twitter. I'm not trying to say that he being petty, but we all know James Harden don't tweet that much. And why is he sharing the New Yorker's well, cover, man? The, the, the interesting thing about that is that full New Yorker cover has the Nets big three of KD, Kyrie, and James Harden as huge. And then on that same cover, below them in little players are Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. And when James shared the picture on Twitter, they were clearly cropped out. The Knicks guys weren't there in the photo. And he just kept he kept his guys up. I was like, oh, is James shading the shading the Knicks? Whatever. Let me tell you something right now. New York media, and like, you know, we are in the media, but like there's certain of our colleagues, like they want this to happen so bad. And New York City wants it so bad. They want this to be a rivalry. But here's the thing. It's only going to be a rivalry, Jenna. If both teams are good at the same time, now the Nets are a title contender. The Knicks are not that, but they're very good, right? Solid playoff team. But they have to actually play each other in the playoffs and have some battles for it to become a rivalry. It can't just be we're like, you know, trolling each other on the back pages and on Twitter. Like, I mean, that's cool for the fans to laugh at and tell jokes. But for it to become a true like NBA rivalry, they have to play each other in some playoff series and battle and like have some like people get their feelings hurt and like some you know guys getting close and you know talking smack to each other now that could happen it is possible Maybe like in a few tweets exactly that could happen right the way that the, the, the structure of the playoffs set up right now they could end up facing each other we shall see but we're a long way away from being this being an actual rivalry gotta love it though gotta love though the nba stays Stays entertaining per usual, and man, it is ever-changing, literally. And that's the thing when we work, so so we work in the news, but, like, like you can't go by anything you just saw a day ago. You actually have to be on it 24-7. And lucky for you guys, we are, because we're going to be helping you right here throughout the playoffs. Stay with us, guys. We are only going to be pumping out more and more episodes as we get down to the wire. Right, Gerard? No doubt, folks. You know where to find us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. We are on Twitter at 7 Pod, on Instagram at 7 Podcast, at JS Hector, at Jen Lemon Selling. We will see you guys next week. Regular season winding down. Playoffs coming. Peace. Spent a couple years out here with these raps Trying to have a plan that we may come true Plotted some jobs but I ain't hit back I don't want to trap, what's a man gonna do? Chevy told me come through to the spot